2: You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Ad Lloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15, and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast a chance to talk, share, and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief, as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago, or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast.
1: Let's get this dinner party started.
2: Thank you for listening to GriefCast. If you're enjoying the show, please do rate and review and subscribe. And feel free to tell someone you think might enjoy some cheery chats about death. You could tell your dentist or your butcher. Not that they're specifically into death, but I, I just feel like they might be cool about it. This week, it's a live episode. I was so excited to be asked to take part in Funeral March, a series of events celebrating all things death at the amazing Barts Pathology Museum, part of the Queen Mary University of London. The event was hosted by Carla Valentine. If you don't know her already, she is also known as the blogger Chick and the Dead and author of Past Mortems about her life as a pathologist, which is right up our strasse. This episode was recorded on March 21st, 2018, We do make some flippant jokes about shooting, and just to say it was recorded before the recent horrific events in London, and no offence was meant at all. It's a much lighter episode than normal, and I very much hope you enjoy it. Um, Hi hi everyone, hello, how are you all? Thank you so much for coming. I'm slightly worried, I'm a bit one of those people who will spill wine immediately, so I'm just going to be careful. How is everyone? Good. Good. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for coming to Griefcast Live. Um, I hope you can all hear, the acoustics are a little bit um, amazing, but like a concert hall, so I hope you can all hear me okay. Um, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast at all. You might have not. You might be dragged here by somebody who wants you to be okay with death, um, or you might be the person who listens to it obsessively and your friends don't appreciate it. Welcome, all are welcome here. So um, I do a podcast called Griefcast, where I interview comedians about death, um, and this is our second live event. So it's a bit, a little bit different to the normal podcast. Um, Probably might be a little bit less intense because um, we're not in a tiny room that's like a coffin. And I've got three amazing guests for you tonight to talk about death and uh, all things fun. Um, yeah, so just going to introduce you to our amazing, amazing guests. Please do give them a warm round of applause. Um, the first lady we're going to join me on my panel here is an award winning journalist. Um, she's also the host of another podcast called The High Low, which is a very excellent podcast covering things from the Kardashians to problems with China. Uh, it's very, very brilliant. Uh, she's also just written written her first book uh, which I've read and is absolutely amazing so please welcome to the stage it's a tiny stage that we have here Dolly Alderton everybody
1: <laughs>
0: Woo!
2: you can sit there yeah sit in that one I feel a bit like we're on live and kicking <laughs> Do you know live and kicking because
3: the microphone's Something. so large L-
2: large microphone yeah. and I feel like yeah I don't know it feels like like you guys are all in the studio. Just me, okay. Um, Fine, that's fine. Um, Our next guest is an amazing stand-up comedian. He was nominated for the big Edinburgh Comedy Award last year, which is a very big deal in the stand-up world. Um, So please welcome to the stage, Ahir Shah, everybody amazing comedian she's written for the now show she's been on the now show she's written for eight out of ten cats she's been on question time she also hosts her own podcast what has the news done for us she's a brilliant brilliant comedian please welcome to the stage grania Maguire. <laughs> Anyway, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, guys. Um, so, welcome to Griefcast. I should do that bit properly. Welcome to Griefcast. Um, how do we all feel about death? <laughs> Let's open with a big question for everybody. Um, Dolly, how do you just generally, on a daily basis, how do you feel about death?
3: I think that I think about death every single day. Oh, nice. And I didn't realise that that was unusual until <laughs> my friend said, Oh, I was thinking about my funeral today. And that was a bit of a weird thing. I was like, You you only were thinking about it today. <laughs> I think about that every day in the shower. That's my special funeral time. And <laughs> so I'm kind, of, I'm kind of obsessed with it. I have very um, bad death anxiety. Oh, I'm yeah. very aware of kind of the passage of time and making sure I get enough done. I have yeah. like existence FOMO, um, <laughs> which is why I think I'm now getting, I'm, I'm edging towards the idea of reincarnation literally i think for no other reason than
2: you can come back and do some more stuff like
3: insurance yeah like if there's a
2: party you missed out on you can come back yeah it's it's not and they're like this dog's real friendly in this party and you're like it's me it's dolly (laughs) i just wanted to be here
3: finally i'll get a press award maybe (laughs) um yeah i think it's obviously i know people most people don't who believe in reincarnation don't they're not hedging their bets.
2: But I think. No, because I found out recently the whole point of reincarnation is to not want to come back, which shocked me. Did yeah. you know this? They don't no. want to come back.
0: Although, oh, he's nodding, I like, yeah. I, I quite like the idea that Hinduism was just the biggest bet hedging in human history. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's Hinduism do? Is it you come back?
0: Uh, You will, unless you've been like, unless you've played an absolute blinder, in which case you get to escape it all. Like the whole idea I think is that like, life's not actually that great.
2: Right, uh, similar to Buddhism then, like Mm. it's just like the idea is to not get back here. is that like if you have a really good Edinburgh and then you don't do
0: Edinburgh <laughs> the next year? Yeah, yeah. You get yeah. a year and
2: off.
4: And <laughs>
0: and and if see is the you. Hannah Gadsby of religions. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and people are like, why are you here? You didn't have to come here. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: uh,
2: uh, uh. Um, so Dolly, you're very scared of it. I had, do you think about death every day?
0: uh yes uh, oh you do same oh yeah yeah, yeah. amazing I'm, I'm big into it i mean, yeah. i'm uh i'm 27 so that's a third of average life expectancy you're so uh, young you're
2: such a baby it gets yeah. worse so <laughs> <laughs> it only gets I thought, worse i thought
0: i'd reached a real milestone like a third yeah. of my life done end of act one yeah i was uh very no. excited about the whole deal uh but yes yeah, so i i kind of i i have the combination of thinking that this is far too abstract and will never actually occur. And then the sort of clawing mid-afternoon feeling of, why don't I just do it now? Uh, And that's uh, (laughs) kind of very much the degree that I oscillate between. Uh, More quickly since stopping the medication. Uh, So yeah, that's where I am.
2: So it's very present in your everyday, you're a bit of a warrior.
0: Yeah, and I think like uh, more so uh, recently, so towards the end of last year, uh, when I went to India and saw quite a lot of So my uncle had died uh, shortly before I got there and my grandmother has very, very severe dementia. And so sort of realizing that a situation where everything that constitutes the person has in a sense died already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're sort of just like, oh, this is a shell I love uh, yeah. and everything. We've, Opened up the comedy a treat. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. we're in the
2: right place. Look where we are, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> surrounded by bits of dead bodies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's difficult, isn't it, when it gets very close? I think that's often. But do you think, is, is that what's now making you think about it, now it's got close? Before, were you like, yeah, I don't know about death, but I'll be all right?
0: I think so. Uh, I think it's just sort of particularly conversations I was having with my cousin when I was at, like you know there's no alcohol in that part of India so you just go out in the middle of the night and mainline sweet tea from stalls <laughs> on the side of the street and we'd just be like neck and back. That is back. my dream. Yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah just neck and back shots of chai and uh, discussing his father and there was the sort of weird sense of impossible inevitability and vice versa that yeah. one day that would be me talking about mine and someone talking about me, and yeah. uh, all of that, uh, oh, right, this does happen. Another round. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, you, you'd want a little bit of alcohol then, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, precisely. <laughs> yeah. I blame Mahatma Gandhi. Uh, <laughs> He's made it
2: much harder to deal with death. Is that what you're saying? Because yeah, uh, uh, that's a controversial statement, aren't you?
0: What blaming Mahatma Gandhi? <laughs> yeah, for, uh, for
2: anything really. For everything.
0: Well, I mean, like broadly speaking, big fan. Uh, yeah. He did a lot of good. He was the most <laughs>
2: <laughs> broadly. Yeah. We're all. He for did him. a lot of
0: good. You can achieve a lot when you're the most passive-aggressive human being in history. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but the no alcohol allowed in Gujarat uh, really yeah. harshes the death condos. Yeah.
2: I feel bad for immediately going to you Gonya, because we're talking about alcohol <laughs> see, but I was just thinking how what do you, you, f- <laughs> yeah, you we both got wine you're not alone how do you feel about death how was it growing up like was death very present I
4: think in Irish culture death isn't sort of a big deal in a way it's just like normal mm. it's just because like what I found really strange is so in Irish culture when somebody dies you kind of throw a big party for them <laughs> and they it's very common like I remember I my first dead body when I was about like six or six, seven really? yeah it was normal you call it it was my uh, my my cousin's granny had Granny or granddad had died, so we went to the wake. We saw her in the, her coffin. So her slash him, depending <laughs> yeah. on who it was. <laughs> um, and it's just quite normal because, sort of, in in Ireland, like when somebody dies, it's like it, there's not a sense that they're gone, gone. Oh, it's yeah. It's more. It's not full stop. It's more dot dot dot. <laughs> ah. So. It's very common, like, when, when a loved one dies, uh, someone you will always say at the funeral, oh, well, you know, now she's looking after you now. Uh, she's going to be even more, yeah. she's able to help you. So it's more... It's she's doing a
2: better job <laughs> than she did as a human right yeah. now. Actually, this has improved everything. <laughs> but it's well, more, <laughs> it's all to you like you've lost yeah. a granny, but you've yeah. gained, like, a superhero.
4: Yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> like, acquired a line manager.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and, like, everybody, everybody... You know the way here... You know, everybody knows a hairdresser, or do you know a good, I don't know, doctor? <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> if you, do you know a good scientist? In Ireland, everybody knows, everybody knows a good medium. Really? Okay. <laughs> everybody, everybody. Everybody knows a good Dolly medium. and I both want
2: to go immediately. I can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
4: so it's so common. You know, good fortune teller is a medium as well. Everybody, it's so so. And common. And no
2: one would be like, oh, that's bullshit. It's just like, no. oh no, of course. I got my no. hair cut. I'm going to see the medium. Yeah. Plumbers coming round. <laughs> have you been to a medium? Of course, I've been to a medium. Who's your like? Do you have? Well, okay, how many times have you been to a medium? Okay, so I went to a medium. When I was so six, I went <laughs> to my first medium.
4: <laughs> so I went to a fortune teller who did a bit of medium on the side when I, was about <laughs> when I was about 20. And then I went to another medium about a year ago. But it's so normal. Basically, every time anybody goes through a breakup, they go see a medium. Just so like you're dead uncle or auntie can like slag off your (laughs) (laughs) ex-boyfriend I always did
2: I did never liked him I thought he was awful
4: (laughs) I went to see this medium and I'd broken up with this guy and I was really really sad and I was chatting away to my uncle (laughs) who's dead (laughs) (laughs) and he was saying yeah he was like he was never we didn't like him we never liked him
2: anyway you're (laughs) much better off without him I'm like thank you And th- and you felt like that was obviously that was helpful. Yeah. And did it. So what was your your friends were just like, oh yeah, great, give me the number. Yeah, yeah. It's like so if you're friends with any Irish girls on
4: Facebook, every now and then somebody would be like, who's got the number of a good medium? And there'll be about twenty five replies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so I'm horrible. excited. Is by it this?
4: at odds with with Catholicism? Well, it's weird because Irish Catholicism is slightly different to like boring like proper catholicism <laughs> <We've laughs> Irish yeah, yeah, they've jazzed yeah, it up yeah, they went i sure. like
2: it but we could just do a little bit more Yeah, a feature wall here yeah <laughs> weird sure. shit yeah weird,
4: because on. you have to remember halloween is an irish festival that started that's like a celtic festival oh so my granny was super superstitious the night of halloween she would never throw any water like empty water outside the kitchen door because she's like it could hit a ghost, it's not worth it. Oh, wow. What? what, and then piss them off? The why ghost would be people, like, yeah. Why I'm are people
0: wet. throwing water out on the street anyway? Like, why does that?
2: And then, but then she said, what so you like you're do You're washing is, up and stuff, what? I think. It's like, you, you chuck your water. My yeah. granny used to chuck water out as well.
0: But, but what she <laughs> Who are these profligate grandmas <laughs> just like throwing water into the street? Yeah.
4: <laughs> but this is the trick. The trick was, if you had to empty water outside, on uh, Halloween, what you do is you throw flour first (laughs) because the flour would show the outline Of like a fairy or a spirit, and then told them if you had to, and then you'd go. (laughs) If you're you're actually forced to throw water. Really time
0: sensitive water (laughs) chucking. (laughs) Also,
2: this (laughs) ghost is like I'm covered in flour. Like I need the water to wash it off, please. She's the the ghost is like this is so offensive. Not all ghosts look like this. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's. I went to see a medium when I was living in Brighton because I went to university in Sussex and Mm -hmm. that's in Brighton, and that was more of a thing like when you lived in Brighton, of course you'd go to a medium. Yeah. What else is there to do? You've been to the one pub, you've guinea dipping, now go see a medium. <laughs> do you want to go to a vegan restaurant afterwards? Yeah. yeah. But I didn't, I didn't love it, I have to say, because it was, be- she wasn't, I need the number. She wasn't a great one. She was like, oh, you'll marry someone rich and intelligent. And you know, she was <laughs> Sorry, I just realised he does listen, so I've got to make out. I was going to make a horrible joke there, like I didn't, but I did, and you're brilliant. Thanks very much.
3: <laughs> you're friends with the medium.
2: No, I met my husband. Oh, so I, <laughs> I
0: thought you were
3: like you didn't want to insult the medium. No, I, work. D- I told that
2: very badly because I was like she, as if she said, "Oh, you're going to marry someone rich and intelligent," and she was wrong. But then I realised. Okay he would listen like right? right. And then you have to have conversations. Like, I get in trouble a lot for things I say jokingly.
0: So the medium doesn't listen, which means that we're entirely in the clear calling her a massive liar who <laughs> yeah. lies to vulnerable people for money.
2: Although oh, maybe uh, she
3: does listen. I'm actually, this Friday, going to have... It's not... I don't know if it's me. I think medium's included in the sort of package. <laughs> yeah. It's... Um, I'm seeing a woman called Linda. Oh, good name. Strong medium good, name. Good medium yeah. name. In a hotel in Tower Bridge. Yeah. I don't know if she's booked a room. It's quite odd. It's quite like, it's a bit woolly, but loads of my friends have been okay. and they've said she's amazing. And She reads your angel cards and I oh, think she... Oh, angel cards. Yes. But Hallelujah. I think she can speak to, uh, if they come along, she can connect you up, I think, if But uh, yeah, I, I find that stuff like very reassuring but obviously I'm saying this now on a very popular podcast I was about to say I'm very wary of who I say that to like I'm quite private about it normally yeah. because I think people are very judgmental about it oh people are about so it.
2: judgmental about it but I was I was brought up extreme hippie and uh, like my mum and dad used to make us choose an angel card before school Give us, oh like, my god I love that I know what's, I know what's an Awful. angel card so an angel card are these I mean honestly, must be invented by a middle aged white woman it's all I can think like these tiny little rectangles and they've got like little drawings of an angel and it'll say things like grace happiness curiosity and you pick you're supposed to pick a bit like tarot you're supposed to pick like one you have a feeling for and basically it's like an icebreaker (laughs) or a conversation point like a dinner party parlor game yeah it's a parlor game really but you pick it and it'll be like grace and then you're supposed to think oh today i need to remember grace in my heart and think about that and it, it is a lovely thing if you destroy any cynicism in your brain for yeah. like eternity <laughs> otherwise you're like these cost 12 pounds i just picked the one that had the mark on it because i know that one says happiness do you know what I mean? <laughs> me and my brother used to try and get the same one but um, like when you think of all the nonsense you could spend 12 pounds yeah exactly on. it's just a true. little card say you have a good day Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. what's the deal with mediums in india only because you've recently been like is it a thing there
0: uh, well, Do there's you know? definitely, like, a huge thing about astrology and oh, stuff. Oh, yes, so, uh, Indian astrology. Yeah, yeah w- well, when uh, a new baby is born, you get an uh, astrologer oh. to commission a thing called a Janmaksha, which basically uh, lies out based on the position of the stars when they were born, just oh. how their entire life is going I to unfold. I want one of those. Unfold. It's quite good. Apparently, I'm in, uh, I'm in the running for a sequence of stormy marriages. Uh, <laughs> at, uh, uh, You've
2: uh, got to get started, <laughs> mate. <laughs> <laughs> when are yeah. you going to start
0: them? <laughs> um... But no, I've, I've never gone in for the whole... Because I, I wasn't raised with a religion of any right. sort. Uh, so it was always kind of to me, well, you die, and then that, that's just... That's that. Yeah. And while I think that there's definitely... Uh, comforting element to believing that something is going to go on and I do think that for like older relatives and stuff well it's good that they have their religion so that they've got that to look forward to. but I don't think it necessarily has to be a nihilistic thing to regard there being a definitive end you can just say all right well that just means that as tried as it may be the interim is what matters and yeah. you hope that the ending of it isn't particularly horrific uh, and that's the best you can do. Um,
2: Gwanya, do you have any thoughts about how you want
4: to go? Um I know how I want to go, and I know how I'm 99% certain to go. Okay, great. So us both. Okay, so what I would love to go is, I'd love to be like, I want to like stay looking good <laughs> until I'm like 70. Oh, nice, yeah. That's and then s- I want to get like, you know the pictures of Samuel Beckett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. his face looks like a tree. <laughs> yes. I just want to overnight get really skinny and wear just a turtleneck jumper, the like pull neck jumpers, yes. look really old, like so I'll be like a really old, wizened little thing. And then in, my, in my, my, my dream is, for some reason, I'm, I'm fishing. I've never <laughs> fished before, but I just think that would be such a lovely way to go, like in a, like an autumn, because I just think the circle of life would be nice to go in autumn. When the leaves are falling. Exactly. Yes, lovely, Cinematic, yeah. lovely. And I'm sitting on... And then people who've got Christmas to look forward to as exactly, well. Exactly, exactly. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to cheer them up. And it will be like circle of life, and I'm on a riverbank and I'm fishing, is <laughs> falling, and then ugh, I keel over. You
2: just go. Yeah. 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 So that's how
4: I want to go. Yeah, but what do you think is
2: going to happen? What, what will
4: happen is, you know in those deaths where you can't keep a straight face when you hear about them? <laughs> 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 you know, like, she, she hung herself with her own dressing gown by accident.
2: That's what's going to happen to me.
4: No. Crushed by a
0: vending machine, inevitable. <laughs> exactly. yeah. She was I visiting was really Linda.
2: Like <laughs> yeah. And then she tripped, fell onto Linda's crystal balls, smacked her head. Like, a guy died this week. He got his head stuck in a cinema siege. <laughs> no! I swear,
4: it happened. This week was on Twitter. I was like, that is, that is how I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to root. go, oh, will be two seconds.
0: <laughs> I also really like that, like, as a writer, you started out with, like, oh, I could be like Samuel Beckett. And then after a while, you go... Maybe i just die looking like Samuel Beckett. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be as close as I can get.
2: <laughs> um, Dolly, how do you want to go? Um, I just
3: don't want to go at you just, all. it's just no. not happening? No, it's Complete not. Complete denial. It's not happening.
2: Okay. Yeah, but I do
3: have t- certain obsessions that yep. change. I would say b- biannually of, of how I become oh. convinced of how I'm going to go. Okay. And there was one period where... This sounds much funnier than it was i i <laughs> suffer from anxiety and i became completely obsessed with the fact i was going to be <laughs> shot uh <laughs> from a car moving car so i was like, yes, assassinated so assassinated so then i said this to my friend because i was like a total mess i was like my anxiety is really bad i've been having these really weird thoughts and like i flinch every time a car goes past because i think i'm going to be assassinated and she looked at me and she went you're not famous though. <laughs> also, she was like, like it, You'd just be shot. <laughs> it's true. She's like, yeah. You wouldn't be assassinated. You I have was to like, be. Thank famous. you. That's, yeah. that's really helpful. Do- <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dolly
0: is a really un-drive-by name.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone called Dolly has ever been drove by. But drove something by, happens. driven by?
3: Something, <laughs> something happens in my head where, well, not now, when I was really obsessing over yeah. that. My big thing is falling. I always think I'm going to fall oh, really? to my death. Yeah.
2: Fall to your de- I always think I'm going to fall over but not die. I constantly no. imagine myself falling over.
3: That's. I mean, I have anxieties. that a bit too, but that you, that's just a bit of slapstick. But, but <laughs> no. my, I'm talking about like totally fall to your death. fall to my death and weirdly my my brother has that as well. So I wonder if maybe we heard or read something when we were kids.
2: Were your parents dropping you a lot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tripping you so up as so
4: you
0: came, came in. Back up, so it yeah. was between that and listening to loads of Biggie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of You're in I,
2: d- I
3: did hear a really, really good story on apologies if everyone's already heard me bore on about Desert Island Discs in every single interview I've ever done. But in Clarissa Dixon writes Desert Island Discs, she was one of the two fat ladies. Oh, yeah, yeah. She suffered very, very badly from alcoholism mm. and was d- drinking herself to to death until her midlife and then she uh, sobered up and then on her 60th birthday i think she was completely sober and um rasputin by boney m was playing <laughs> on the da- and she was on the dance floor and she's like quite a rotund woman and she was like swaying around like great dancing tune. yeah it's ah, a great song you will always she, yeah. think of her now when you hear yeah. this and she was like swinging her merry self around the dance floor and she felt this searing yeah. searing pain oh my in her heart and she said it was the most serene moment because she was like I'm going to die on the dance floor surrounded by my friends. This is like beautiful. So she just fell to the floor because she was like just <laughs> surrendered to it. Well, me Boney are yeah.
2: playing. Yeah, because she was like, this is the
3: moment. It couldn't oh be more perfect. God. And also because she thought she would die in such a horrible way for so long. Yeah. She was almost quite gleeful. And then they ripped open her shirt and it was the underwire bra. <laughs> <her> bra. <laughs> and she was totally
2: fine. That's amazing. It's so good, isn't it? Because that, when that wire comes out, it yeah. fucking hurts. Yeah. Oh my God, I've been I attacked by that wire. Before. Yeah. I've, d-
0: I've discovered the way that I want to die <laughs> <Yeah, yeah>. uh, <laughs> in the I want to be on a dance floor, feel an overwhelming pain in my chest, think, oh no, it's just the underwire Yes. <laughs> then remember, I'm not wearing an underwire <laughs> bra, and it is my heart attacking and killing me. And, uh,
2: that, and you're, that, everyone's like, oh, he just kept saying he's fine and removed the bra. I <laughs> <laughs> so didn't get near. Oh. Yeah. Um, I said once, so obviously we're all going to die. Sorry, Dolly, it was going to happen. But not for Dolly, not for Dolly. She'll live forever, like fame. Um, I, uh, do you have plans for the funeral? Like, what do what you think? Not for Dolly's funeral. <laughs> I could yeah. not bear that if you oh, had no, my plan. nothing for mine,
0: but for Dolly's, there's an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. There's all, like,
2: <laughs> you plan this drive by shooting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So, I mean, first off, I've got to learn how to drive, so you've got a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> Source a firearm. It's going to be very uh, tricksy, uh, if anything. Uh, no, for my, I think, uh, other than uh, burn me up and scatter me in the Ganges, I'd uh, quite like that, Jazz. So uh, you'd,
2: have, you'd get flown over? Unless you die in, you die there.
0: Yeah, I did. Uh, I don't. I never know how weird I can get in it, but I suppose here I. Can, you, really can. Uh, you really can. You no,
2: really
3: can. You're surrounded I, by pickled innards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Yeah. I, I certainly did feel when I when, when I was last in India, I was just mm. like sat alone on a rooftop having a cigarette, and I was just like, Yeah, I reckon I come here to die. Yeah. Uh, I think that'd be quite good. And then I guess the journey to the Ganges will be far less onerous for <laughs> whoever has to undertake it, which would be oh, quite yeah, nice. yeah, it's a
2: big, if you put that down is what you want to do. Yeah. You should leave some money for the flights, that's all I'm saying.
0: No, I'm going to inculcate in my children a very <laughs> strong fear of flying uh, <laughs> so that they've just got, like, an added element of grief to overcome before like I was, like, so wrapped up in the missing of me yeah. and then they have and to they take off the and there's turbulence and there's just, like, all my little ashes going everywhere because so- of the turbulence and I'm, like, <laughs> getting into the filtration system and shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Wes Anderson
4: nerves. film. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It literally is. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Have you seen one of the proper burnings on the Ganges? Uh,
0: not in person, no. No, person.
2: Oh, my brother saw one. And he said it was, like, absolutely amazing mm. and did make you feel like, oh, that's a better way to do it. Just because yeah. you literally see it. So, you, like, there's a, obviously a huge acceptance, which we, you know, our big thing of, like, put them in a box. <laughs> literally, mm. feelings and the person in the box, bury it in the ground, don't talk about it. <laughs> so, uh, he, and he said it was, it was nice to, like, not nice, obviously, but, like, You could see that, you know, you could see what was happening. You saw them literally burning and then it was going straight into the water. There's something about it that felt. But, you know, he was also a white Western man trying to find himself in India. So he would dig that shit. (laughs) He would absolutely dig that
0: shit. We've all tried to find ourselves in India. I tried to find myself in India. Turns out legend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My brother did find himself. Did I, it? Yeah, That's I always great. say to people he went to find something. Like, oh, what happened? Went, he did, and he came back, and it was lovely. So it can, it can where, work. Where was he? At Rishikesh. Right. Okay. The actual proper place to find yourself. That's where the Beatles went and met the Maharaji um. and stuff. He did it by the book. He was like, I'm going to do this properly. I'm going to go on it. He did the like the yoga retreat where you like they make you sick for fourteen days. You throw up, and then when one of you don't talk. He couldn't do the t- don't-talking one. You don't talk to anyone for 10 days, you're silent. I think he said by day seven, he was like, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> I'd like to go, please. <laughs> um, that just,
0: I've, I've never been like that desperate for spiritual enlightenment. Yeah, yeah. Where I was like, oh, 14 days of vomiting and 10 days of silence and then you'll know the secrets of the soul i'm all right yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'll just
2: watch this next episode on next yeah
0: not not that inquisitive there's
2: more queer eye yeah that's fine um guanya what are you thinking for your funeral is it gonna be a big catholic affair well no i have thought about this right yeah what i
4: want is i think i've thought of the ultimate prank (laughs) oh god (laughs) right what i thought what if let's say i know i'm on my way out right? right It's, it's taken me longer to walk back from the riverbank than it's <laughs> <did, right? laughs> What I'm going to do is, I'm going to tell one friend, this thing, just one person, that what I really, really want, really, truly want at my funeral is for somebody to play Only Girl in the World by Rihanna. <laughs> this is the thing. I'm just going to tell one person, just one person, so then I die. Ugh. And then that person is burdened by this knowledge. <laughs> They'll have to go to my family and be like, okay, this is going to sound a little bit weird. (laughs) But she really wanted Rihanna. They'll be like, what the hell are you talking about? No, she didn't. And then they're like, what do I do? What do I do? And then my fingers crossed, they'll arrive at the funeral with like a (laughs) boombox. And like, stand up, tears flowing down their face playing, I'm gonna make
2: you feel. <laughs> I hope they don't have a boombox. I hope that a-, a hymn is played and they just solemnly stand up by themselves and they just go a cappella because yeah. they're too afraid to bring the boombox and it's Lou Sanders and she just has to sit there singing
1: Make me feel,
2: you're the only one in-. and then you're, like, your whole family is mortified. Yeah, and
1: the shit's what you wanted! She <laughs> bundled I, out of the town Can church. I
0: ask you about the Irish party thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember so there's an Irish pub near my parents' house. Mm-hmm. I went in once and it said that, oh, we're available for wakes and all mm-hmm. of that business. But I thought that because in Indian culture when there's someone dies, like you bring the corpse into like the living room and everyone just like sits around it crying. Yeah. Right. I thought that's what a wake was. And so for quite a while, I thought Irish people transported corpses to pubs and put them in the function room, and everyone cried around them. But I'm convinced that 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 can't be. You don't do that, do you?
4: Well, sometimes we do. What? <laughs> you, As you were you saying, take it I was the like body yeah. To the pub. yeah. So so let's say I die on Friday, <laughs> then I would have the wake Saturday night, and I'd be buried Sunday morning.
0: Yeah, but. Are you in a casket, yeah, just in the middle of the pub the middle, while everyone's just like... Everybody's
4: having an amazing time. I'm sat there, my, my lovely little pole, black polo neck
0: like jumper. <laughs> and everybody's sat
4: around going, oh, wasn't growing You're brilliant.
0: Yeah, and you're that. just... I yeah. love so much that our
2: here was waiting for the, no, don't be stupid. But we were all going, yeah, that is what a wake is. I was like, yeah, But like, I
0: thought it was just like you gather together and you remember no, the I person You you. You can you sometimes, object. you don't have to have a body. Like, you right. can
2: have a wake and
4: just
0: but go be for a really drink.
2: shady not to invite the body.
1: Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> you have to week. get a
0: sitter. And
2: <laughs> in <laughs> just be in English culture, definitely with funerals, you would say it's the wake. But what it is, is a very horrible pub that no one would ever normally go into. Some sandwiches that are just like, you know, they're like fresh and stale. (laughs) It's like inside is fresh and outside is stale. And everyone, there's no body and everyone has a drink and talks quietly. So that's the English wake. But Gonya's right, we don't invite the body. That's... Really meet that 's really tight guys, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think you 're right because again it 's this thing of like hiding it isn 't yeah. it of being like oh they 're gone they 're buried, no, never mind let 's not think about it. was actually I think the Irish way is a bit more honest of like mm. there they are that 's who we 're celebrating. would you want you want to be brought into the pub, dolly obviously no. you 're not going to die, but imagine <laughs> if you did,
3: okay in this <laughs> pretend world that you keep talking about where we're <laughs> yeah. going, um i 've thought about my funeral a lot, but I think that 's more just
2: narcissism <laughs> <or> dr- rather
3: <laughs> than. I'm do, you, actually, do you want
2: lots of people in full weeping? Yes, oh, I okay. do.
3: And I have been known... I think I did this about my funeral, but when I was 21 and I was, I was interning at a magazine and I was quite hungover, I brought myself to tears imagining <laughs> speeches that people would make about me at my, <laughs> uh, 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 at my 40th birthday. But <laughs> oh I think that I've done that about my funeral as well. That's amazing. Um, but something else that I did was when I was about 21, I remember it quite clearly... I realised I was going to die when I was about 21 and I had a complete breakdown about it. I could, I just couldn't face it and suddenly life felt so overwhelming. Um, So I started planning the funeral um, in great depth and I had like a diary that every year when I got a new diary I would write down transcribe the the note the oh, plan wow. because I didn't want to like burden my family with it yeah, and I didn't yeah. want to talk to my friends about it because they would think I was being dramatic and attention-seeking <laughs> which I definitely wasn't and I wrote down I, I wrote like a letter to anyone who found me so it's like <laughs> so it's why like why are
2: they finding the diary if you've been shot in a drive-by that diary's not gonna be found by ages <laughs> I know Tupac may have picked
3: it up. Um, (laughs) So I wrote, it was like, and I really loved the the kind of um, beyond the grave parlance. Like, I just fell into it really, like, with ease. (laughs) So it's like, if you are reading this and I am no longer here, um, please follow these instructions. (laughs) Um, I would, like, take a walk on the wild side (laughs) by Lou Reed to be played. And read christina Rossetti, and it was like a really detailed wow. long thing about like i would like to be cremated so scatter like, proper, my ashes. like order of service yeah yeah exactly scatter my ashes on this beach and whatever i then got so drunk when i was about 24 and i left my handbag in the back of a black cab no a mini cab and i was most embarrassed about the fact that someone had this like letter and I remember I rang the minicab company the next day and I was really hungover and I was like, Kai, oh, did you wear, uh, there's a bag that I left in there and they said, yes. And I was like, and is the purse in there and the blah, blah. And they were like, yeah. And they went, and the diary, the diary's in there. <laughs> and I <it> was like, <gasps> oh no. Cool. And they said, we, uh, we all enjoyed your letter.
1: Oh no. Oh, that's
3: so
0: rude of them to read I know. that. that it's
2: rude. I agree with you here. I hear. That's and also to, that is that's that's a typical so I don't, I d- cab driver
0: yeah. Yeah. really they were enjoying. At the it. Your in, yeah. They
3: were all sniggering in the background yeah, of as well. They were. Yeah, yeah. So I don't do that anymore.
2: We were talking earlier about social media and how you like temper yourself on social media. I almost did that in my diary as a teenager because I was yeah. like, if anyone finds this, I don't want to know the truth. So I'd be like, Great day, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but but it's I
3: think that gets really scary when you start thinking about death. When I lived with I lived with my best friends, a group of girls for about five years, and um Uh, am I going to go there? Yes. So we um, all discussed one day where all our sex toys were.
2: Oh, Because we were
3: like... If we died and our parents came to clean out our room, so we knew that if any of us died, we'd go straight to the second drawer, (laughs) (laughs) clear it out. It's really important to do that, I think. I do you
2: know what? That's a new one because on the show we always talk about like, and I actually firmly believe this: someone who you know and trust should know your passwords because that's the biggest thing these days of like social media, email, banking. Like, make a folder call it something else and then tell someone else the folder that says definitely magical linda's medium <laughs> predictions is actually all the passwords yeah. but i'm gonna add yeah where are your sex and, stories? and your
3: diaries as well as yeah. you said because
2: i think imagine
3: if people found if your parents found that yeah. and it was like your teenage i don't know i think you should have a system in place
2: yeah it's tough my when my mother-in-law died um my husband and his sister found her diaries and then did read and and ben said it was quite hard at some point because he he read a bit of it and then he said it was so clear it wasn't written for him yeah he sort of was like i don't actually want to hear this opinion because it's so clearly not meant for my and i mean he's such a they had such a lovely relationship Mm. he was able to go okay i'll just put them over there so i would be like Mm. i'm gonna read them all yeah
3: but it's so hard my friend had that with um a sibling that passed away and i think it's hard because you're just so desperate to get to yeah, have a moment of, with their voice yeah. and I think it's the same with my mum to this day still has a recording of her mother on the answer oh. on her answering for answer machine
1: yeah.
3: that she's kept and it's she doesn't listen to it or anything it's just it feels like the last kind of yeah. connection so I think with diaries it must be so tempting if you're missing them
2: oh god and I've talked about this on the show before that we've got my I've got a dictaphone and my dad talking but we don't have a player anymore I know, but I mean, I could obviously go on eBay and find one. Yeah. <laughs> but I also don't want to go yeah, on eBay at the moment. Yeah, but you need one. that tape. You need to keep, yeah. I know. And we've got VHS that no one can play yeah. at all. But I was thinking the other day, and then someone, I think someone tweeted me, were like, oh, it's easy to transfer. And I was like, I don't know if I want to see it. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I actually, but yeah, you, you kind of just want to know. It's there. It's there. there. Yeah. It's
0: there. And uh, I moved, I, when I moved house in September, uh, I was told and hadn't known, but apparently... Uh, in my pillow, uh, the sort of case that's inside my pillowcase was the case that my grandfather had in the hospital when he was dying. Uh, and my mother had just put it there without telling me uh, ages ago, and I'd always carried this particular pillow around with yeah. me everywhere that I'd been. Uh, but apparently, like, for the year or something after he died, she just couldn't bring herself to wash the pillowcase oh. because even that, like, obviously, the smell has been overtaken yeah, by other yeah. things, but there was still just some... Sense in her mind that it was still contained within that. Mm.
2: How did you feel when she told? Did you feel comforted by that,
0: or you'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh, mum, no, I could have told me." <laughs> no, um, no, it it was sort of very nice to yeah. have this sense of because he passed away when I was about eleven. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, just wasn't there for anything really. Yeah. Uh, so it was quite nice to. And I have this notion of this uh, person having been there in some capacity, and you do imbue these objects with that Oh, God, meaning. yeah.
2: Yeah, it's funny, when we were clearing my grandparents' house um, after my grandma died, my, like her flat, and my two uncles, they didn't really know what a of stuff was, but me and my brother were able to go, oh, that tiny china doll used to be on that shelf, and it's the one that she used to move in the spring. And my, everyone was like, what are you talking about? But you know, when you're a kid, those tiny things mean so much. And I've got these tiny little weird objects that... I don't yeah just remind me of my grandpa basically because you know like when you're a kid that's what you go around and play with is like the tiny stuff and all the adults had no clue what any of these things were and me and my brother were like what you don't remember the tiny elephant that was on the telly oh my god guys that was the best thing about this house yeah. <laughs> so we've obviously we've cu- covered funerals quite a bit, but I know like what are we thinking well you want walk on the wild side yeah
3: yes okay yeah.
2: any other tracks um throw in a bit of Joni Mitchell bit of, of a weepy course. yeah oh I'm so glad someone brings up jo- what journey yeah. are you gonna go for because you can't go too jazzy you don't want to scare the no. audience no no maybe I don't want to bring up from Mingus the whole crowd's gonna go <laughs> very obscure Joni Mitchell journey. Maybe.
3: I loved it what What's have you chosen your Joni Mitchell funeral oh. song
2: I think case of you might be up there oh yeah mm, yeah that's it's a, a great classic, one isn't it it's a classic
3: That's a very popular one on Desert Island Discs, actually. Oh, it's so
2: beautiful. But it's a bit romantic. I don't know if it's funeral appropriate. I like
3: Cactus Tree and I like All I Want. Weirdly, I I heard the other day... I mean, it's not weird, but I was surprised by it. But apparently, the most played song at funerals is My Way by Frank Sinatra.
2: Yeah, that that is very popular. I've heard that. Such an arrogant song to play
4: (laughs) at your funeral. Like, hey, I guess I was a bit of an arsehole. Oh, well... I did it my way, guys, later.
0: <laughs> it's, also, uh, it's also really lovely that in this instance, the use of my way is indicative of a spectacular lack of creativity.
2: <laughs> yeah, I did it exactly like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that one is, I know that's very popular. Robbie Williams' Angels is obviously very popular, but I know my way is like number one, but then I do think it's generational, isn't it? Because you think yeah. more older people are dying mm-hmm. and that probably was like yes, the definitely. angels of their generation, guys. <laughs> yeah. Robbie Williams, probably so, similar to Frank 50 Martin. years
0: from now it's just dutty wine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you want, Ahir? What do you want? Well uh,
0: I was uh, in November when I was reflecting on mortality and trying desperately not to become religious. I was uh, listening to My Sweet Lord a lot. Mm. Oh, uh, that's
2: yeah. a great oh, yeah. one. Oh, that's a good one.
4: You're feeling I like it because it's like Eastern culture, but through a white man. So I feel <laughs> a lot more
1: comfortable <laughs> with it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just That's a little bit safe. You know, you're telling me, think about how much more comfortable I would have been having a brown person explain your mental Irish wakes to me. <laughs> I'm saying, like, there's a corpse and everyone's hammered.
2: What
4: are these people? What are they doing? It's like a fun weekend at Bernie's.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> my Sweet Lord is a very good track. That's fair. Very- yeah. any. Oh, got- I want, at uh, my funeral. Apart from the Rihanna track,
1: which is. Apart from super- the Rihanna, which
2: will
4: both. I want. Um, Story, story Night. I love oh,
1: that, that one.
4: Because I want people to listen to the lyrics and think, I guess the world, she was too beautiful for a world like this. <laughs>
2: how did how do we even have her for as long as we did? I love that one. <laughs> I love that one, but that one, you know, when you know a fact about a song, that one haunts me because it's about Vincent van Gogh, Gough, whatever you want to say. And literally as soon as it comes on, even if I'm not with anyone, but I will tell myself, this song's about Vincent van Gogh. You no, know, you just have to... And if yeah. someone was there, I'd go, oh, Dolly, did you know? And of course I know you know. Everyone knows that. Yeah. I also have a thing. I don't listen to lyrics in songs at all and constantly suggesting songs for things. And my husband goes, do you know that's about heroin? Because yeah. <laughs> they're all about heroin. Oh. Apart from Starry, Starry's Night. So this is nice. Um, so, Dolly, are you feeling better about dying now? No. <laughs> no, I no. think I... <laughs>
3: Do you know what? I think I'm... I know... Oh, I know I have to deal with it. Oh, I do. You, do, I, you yeah. do? Well,
2: you might not. Depends how it happens. Because that's the thing about... That's the thing about death is, like, either you would definitely have to deal with it or somebody else will have to deal with it. It will happen too quickly for yeah, you.
3: Yeah, I think the whole thing around death I have to deal... I think basically what's happened to me is I've, I've had very protective parents mm. who wanted me to kind of be shielded from all kind of the realities of of you know the horrible nature of humanity uh, and <laughs> this existence and I think I really admire them for trying to do that but I think that it when that kind of love bringing up a kid like that like I remember when i first went into therapy and i was talking about death anxiety and we were like going through it she said what was your kind of first experience with death and i said i remember when i was like five i loved animals so much and we found like a dead mouse on holiday in devon and i i think immediately knew something was wrong and my mum was like it's a sleepy
1: mouse (laughs) (laughs) and then classic
3: and then we made like a Wendy house, no. yeah, of like cereal boxes and stuff for this like mouse corpse, and I was just like, oh, Sleepy Mouse, like in the bed, like made this whole thing, and it just like, like just rotted there, obviously, oh, like, no. and I and I Christ. didn't realise until years later, Mum was like, oh, it wasn't a Sleepy Mouse, it was a dead mouse, and actually. <laughs> now when I zoom in on Dolly's face going "Ah!" but when I told my therapist that she was like well that fucking explains everything yeah Yeah.
2: it does and I can really as like I have a very small baby but I can understand wanting to protect but I worry I'm going to go the other way because I had so much death in my life I worry I'm going to be like it's dead darling it's dead people die you'll die I'll die don't get too attached like I think you can go the other way I think that's good though because it's going to bring it's going to fuck her up in a different way (laughs) you just fuck them up in different ways yeah, but I do yeah. think that is they probably should have explained death
3: yeah, I think just what happens is when when that and then the problem is well not problems the lovely problems have i've had i 've had very little traumatic death in my life yeah, yeah. so my grandparents passed away, but in a way that wasn 't hugely traumatic I other, bar one I kind of got to know all of them um, i 've had my best friend's sister passed away he was who was like my sister and and that was probably the first time i 've experienced proper awful awful grief and i I found it so overwhelming and i think a lot of it is well with all anxiety really it's when your delusions of how you can control the world and keep everyone happy and safe and yourself safe intersects with the reality when you realize there is fuck all you can do
2: well that is the problem with grief and grieving as People, you know, if you experience it, there's no control. And so often anxiety gets worse after you've lost someone because you think, oh, well, maybe if I can control things, then people won't die. Which is, yeah, like definitely happened to me because I lost my granny, my granddad, my dad, and my grandpa in like two years. Mm. And I definitely was then like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? Because my granny was really superstitious. I was like, well, if I touch wood and turn Mm. around three times and don't walk with three drains and find a black cat, everyone's going to survive. Yeah. And it just feels like a, because there's no logic to death. If you can try and place rules on it, obviously. And I think when someone young dies, it's just... I mean, obviously, I've experienced a lot of death, but they were were mostly older than me. And obviously, it's still tragic and traumatic. And not that long ago, my friend's son died. He was younger than me. And that really that was the first time Mrs I'm okay with death I was like mm. I don't want to I can't deal with this this is because I think that really of course it's it's just so overwhelming and everything about it is wrong it's yeah. like this is not right yeah you know and then people say to me oh but you buried your father so young that must have felt wrong I was like no you know it still was older than me mm. I yeah think, and young yeah that's just well another really
3: another I'm probably going to mention Desert Islandists approximately fifteen more times <laughs> <laughs> another really great Desert Islanders episode is Carl jurassi's episode who's this um Nutty um, Austrian doctor who uh, created invented the pill, and he lost his daughter in uh, very tragic circumstances. And the way he talks about it is exactly what you just said. And he articulates articulates it by saying it's just anti biblical. And there's it's something happens in the order of life that means when that happens, you as a parent, you just never get over it.
2: You're kind of changed forever. I think so. I think I can't. Well, I say I can't imagine, but I think it's it's too. It's too much mm. it's just too much especially now having had a child mm. i always kind of knew it was too old so now i'm like oh like yeah it's like mm. whereas if people tell me they've lost a brother or a sister a mother or father i you know i'm like all right yep mm. you know because i'm in the club and i feel like okay but yeah it's it's really it's really the
0: worst obviously having children i think will hugely change the yeah. way I don't, I don't have children myself but uh i would like to and uh that's something that would vastly changed the way that you think about all of this. Like I just think about the idea of like effectively having to explain death to someone who's never heard about death. And I was thinking about this the other day, like uh, at some point in my life, if I'm fortunate enough to have a child, I'll have to explain like the second world war to someone who's got no idea about the second world war. Like they have never heard that the second world war happened. I have to be like, oh right. uh, So the most evil thing that's ever happened, happened and now you know about that.
2: Yeah. I remember finding out about apartheid and literally going to my dad, what? Yeah. And he was like, oh yeah, you know, so you know, the segregation, I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. And he's like, so they still do it. And I was like, what, <laughs> what? Like my brain was like, what? why? Like, cause you think everything bad is in the past, mm. you know, also you've just reminded me, I was just thinking about death and pets. My hamster, <laughs> Gregory, <laughs> my mum named him Gregory we used to brush him with a toothbrush he had very long hair and he had this huge growth on his neck I think I've told this on the podcast but he had a huge growth appear one day and uh, my mum was like oh that that hamster's not well he's not well he's not right It's something not right and I was like okay I don't really understand I'm you know 12 came home my mum was like Gregory's dead and I was like oh how much went your dad broke his neck oh Yes. This is how my family deal with death. My dad broke his neck. Why? Why, children? Because it was cheaper than going to the vet. Oh yes, so my dad just broke his neck. And when that's I said that to my mum, she's like, Oh well who's gonna I'm not gonna pay twenty quid.
1: Yeah, I'll put him down, I he's I gonna die anyway. I, like,
2: so that's the that's difference between that. our childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he was put in a box and, and they buried him. She said yeah. you can bury him.
0: The I old know. It's a Indian wonder I can like, yeah, find Like That is so cost efficient. I'm yeah. a vegetarian and I would have done that. Like, yeah. just, uh, like, just. Who was Because you've got to you get to the vet as well. They don't call outs for that. Do
2: you have any thoughts for your last words? My last words? Yeah, if you do get this Samuel Beckett ending. Um, if you're at the riverbank and I'm passing. Okay. And I think, oh, there's Gronja. She never fishes. Why is she fishing?
0: <laughs> what, and why is Bonnie M playing?
2: <laughs> What's that? her bra looks a bit weird.
4: <laughs> My fear is that I will say something really like prophetic and kind. Like so, um, Seamus Heaney's last oh, words I love were. love Seamus Heaney. He texted his wife. Yeah. Uh, he did it in Latin. Oh, what a total boner!
2: I love Seamus Heaney so, so much. He
4: texted his wife, and, that, and, and even thinking now, think about like his phone must be auto correcting, auto correcting. <laughs> like, it's Latin. It's Latin. I know what I'm T- doing? Just turn it off. Turn it off. Just accept what I'm doing. Perhaps the so, a Latin keyboard. He, te- he texted his wife. Um, what is it like? Uh, don't be afraid. And I thought oh, that was so lovely. That is amazing. But my fear is, so I'll say something really lovely like, that, like don't be afraid, and then I'll still be alive. <laughs> and then I'll say something like, has anybody got a phone charger? <laughs>
0: and
2: then I'll die. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, uh. <laughs> a she whole died as she th- lived. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would be, because I wonder, did he send it and then was like, oh shit I hope she doesn't come home (laughs) I've still got another hour I think it'd be awkward if she's like I got your text what does it mean Uh, I wanted it to be the last text I didn't want you didn't want you to see me Um, I found some last words just for food for thought Karl Marx, apparently these are obviously the last words are mostly bullshit obviously because mostly people if you have as I'm sure some of us in this room have if you watch someone die they mostly go That's it, uh, or the fun old death rattle. The death <laughs> rattle. People need to be warned about. When that happened, my dad got the death rattle. Me and my brother were like, "What's happening?" My mum went. My mum is. I, I painted like a strange old Cockney because she is, and she went, "Oh, it's the death rattle." And me and my brother years later <laughs> were like, "How did you know
0: what?" That's that's so bad Yeah,
2: it was, and she said, "I don't know. Just you, just know." Anyway, um, Karl Marx apparently said, "Last words are for fools who haven't said enough." What a smug. It's so smug. Give it a <laughs> rest, Carl. Give it a rest, Carl. But his wife was like, and what about me? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and then like, after that, he was like, P.S. In like 50 years, so many people are going to die because of me. It's going <laughs> to yeah. be really yeah. full on.
2: Like, <laughs> P.S. This goes out to all the students. Um, Leonardo da Vinci apparently said, I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have humble brag, again, no, again, humble pride and again it screams to me someone needed therapy okay. perfectionism he must have had anxiety and perfectionism um, oh yeah Marie Antoinette Queen of France <laughs> Wikipedia had to add that in um, apparently said pardon me I didn't do it on purpose which when I read first of all I was like did she do she a little fart what was that about <laughs> but she stood on the executioner's foot as she was going up to mm. um, have her head chopped off and she said pardon me I didn't do it on purpose which I was like at first I sort of was like ha ha and I was like oh that's actually really tragic isn't it like oh god don't don't tell everyone I was a shit <laughs> I wasn't I was alright so Dolly do you have any thoughts for last words
3: uh, no I don't I did well, that should be in
2: the plan surely? I know it's not in the plan yeah. I need to revisit
3: the plan <laughs> uh, I did read that Louis Prima you know who sang the uh, song Just a Gigolo
2: yes I do know who you mean before I tell the story does everyone know that song
3: i think i saw like two nods basically he did this very famous song where uh, one of the lines is when the end comes i know i was just a gigolo life goes on without me uh, yeah yeah and uh, that's on his headstone
2: <laughs> oh yeah which i
3: quite like
2: is that what you want your headstone? Just
3: well, a kind gigolo? of. Yeah, yeah. Life, life goes
2: on without me. I think that's yeah. a really nice... Yeah, get that bit, not just a gigolo. No, not a yeah. the gigolo they're like, Dolly, we ran out of room, it just says Dolly Alderton, just a gigolo. <laughs> <laughs> and years later, they're like, I loved her journalism, but this is... Was
1: she a prostitute as well?
2: I mean, it was very half a journalist in those days, so maybe... Side hustle. <laughs> Side hustle. The print media was dying. Yes, exactly. here. <laughs> ah, do you have any thoughts for last uh,
0: words? The Gravestone one's quite good, because Mike Milligan yeah. has... I told you I was ill, but in Irish, because they wouldn't let him have it in English in the churchyard, right? Uh, there's. A, I've, I've, I've known quite a few fun ones. Uh, like, uh, Gandhi G's was just... Uh, hey, uh, which is just... Oh, God. Oh, is it? Uh, that's before nice. he was shot. And I quite like to believe that he said it with a tone of, now I've got to deal with this. <laughs> like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. boy. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. There was a president of the United States, so I can't, I can't remember which one it was, but his worst, last words are reported to be to his wife, uh, I love you for all eternity, I love you. Uh, and I'm like, that's uh, quite that nice. be quite a nice sentiment.
2: Didn't say it um, in Latin, though, did <laughs> he? Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. What a loser. What right. a loser. Um,
2: the thing is, you don't want to get text in Latin and then... Because did she have to look it up is the next yeah. thing? That's awkward It'd be like, oh, he thinks I can speak Latin, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I never confessed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's, I know what you're saying.
0: So it's, uh, I, uh, I only remembered relatively recently, when I was about uh, 15 years old, The uh, house phone rang. And it was an uncle of mine uh, who... We had a, a rather stilted conversation and he was normally a very... He was like the cool uncle. Oh, uh, yeah. Right, um, <laughs> And we had like a kind of stilted conversation whether he was asking if my family were there and everything and none of them were and what have you. And put down the phone and I said, see you soon. And he didn't say anything because then he went and killed himself. Uh, but I always wanted like, I, uh, and I've never known where, we've, we've never like worked out as a family the timeline of the calls. Wow. So no one's sure yeah. who had his last words. Oh God. Uh, yeah. But maybe he's, yeah. So he's the only one I've, uh, I've known who had an opportunity to pick him. Uh, yeah and maybe, well yeah of course because if you are going to do choice. that
2: then you can have a, an option about it it's if you that's the thing this what you want to plan ahead for how you want to go it's <laughs> so why you can tell the mediums I
0: tend to say something unbelievably profound <laughs> once every five minutes or so <laughs> that uh, does help the uh, one that uh,
2: really freaked me out right I didn't know this and I obviously look about death all the time Kurt Russell Right, not the person. This is someone's last words. Someone's not like to know this. <laughs> oh, yes, someone's last words because he's still alive, right? Yeah, of course. Still doing him With and Goldie, Goldie? Still together. Him yeah, that is a great relationship. Yeah. So, Kurt Russell, which was written by Walt Disney on a piece of paper just before he died of lung cancer. To this day, no one knows why he wrote Russell's name. At the time, Russell was a child star working for the Disney Studio.
1: That is that's so weird. Crazy. Maybe Kurt
4: Russell killed
2: him. Kurt Russell. Killed <laughs> and that was the clue. Yeah. He like died like of lung cancer yeah. and Sherlock a killer. shooting. Yeah, isn't that mad? <laughs> that's nuts.
4: I'd never heard that one no, before. There's this thing. There's this thing in Irish culture, right? Where have you heard of the banshee? Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, so yeah. The banshee. Tell people if people don't know. So the yeah. banshee is real part Like I've had. It's it's not like loads of people in Ireland believe in the banshee. And what it is? It's this woman. She's like, um, like a witch, or just you know, a fairy creature. Just and a sad lady living her best life, yeah. basically. <laughs> um, and th- w- the idea is that if there's somebody in your family is about to die oh. at night, you'll hear her crying should be keening outside your window. Keening is crying, As right. it Like crying, wailing. Oh. And the idea is she's brushing her hair. Is it knotty? Knotty. <laughs> Listen, Tangled. She's, she's a ah. lot going on. <laughs> but the thing is, because I live in London, and because there's always foxes shagging yes, somewhere, yeah. I'm always, I'm going. somebody's dying. Somebody's dying. I'm like, it's just foxes shagging. <laughs>
2: oh my God, you must, yeah. Ba- they do sound banshee. Yes.
4: don't yeah. they? So often. i, I what's up Just is everybody
2: okay it's foxes shagging uh, I thought I saw I thought it heard a banshee yeah <laughs> I'll go and talk to Linda about it I've
0: remembered um, a few other uh, fun last words so, uh, Wittgenstein's last words were uh, tell everyone I've had a wonderful life Aww. and then he said that and everyone who knew him was just like you're a miserable bastard. Like you you were really annoyed all the time with he everyone. Was, we don't was, buy this one second.
2: He was Instagramming his life. <laughs> yeah. He was like, ah, oh, don't yeah. say that like I was miserable. Say like, I, I had a really great time. I was nice. I donated to <laughs> charity. Or loser, wits consigned, yeah. we know. This has been so amazing. You've been s- such a brilliant audience. And I, I, you know, we we literally could keep going. This is just such a brilliant conversation. Please give a round of applause for Gronja, here, and Dolly. One at the Pathology Museum at St Bart's Hospital. Um, yeah. um, you, oh. you can follow Dolly on Twitter at Dolly Alderton or read her book, Everything I Know About Love, which genuinely is so brilliant and so funny, and I definitely recommend you do that. Ahir Shah is at Ahir Shah, A-H-I-R-S-H-A-H, on Twitter. And he's also touring at the moment and heading to Edinburgh again this year. So have a look at his website for more details. Gronya Maguire is at Gronya Maguire, that's G-R-A-I-N-N-E, Maguire, on Twitter. And she's also off to Edinburgh and has a really funny podcast out as well. So head to her website for more details on that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast or email thegriefcast at gmail.com. Music was provided by The Glue Ensemble and the show was produced by Kate Holland with thanks to Whistledown Studios. And remember, you are not alone.